there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 188 of the flagship show. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say to you every week, guys, uh, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. If you get yourself onto the website, you'll, you'll find the forums there, there's articles. Frankie's got his social media, obviously, uh, and there's a history archive on the website as well, so get yourself onto that. We also ask you to promote the pod, put the word out there on social media, stuff like that, and uh, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I can't quite remember where we're at. I think we're at about 5,000 subscribers at the moment. Uh, so if you can do that, that would be great. Uh, before I get started and bring in my guests, I need to mention uh, our partners at uh, Forest Precision Engineering, who are a subcontract uh, Glasgow-based engineering company, and they have been a, a supporter of Rangers Football Club, a commercial supporter for many, many years. Uh, if you're wanting to have a wee look at what they're all about, get onto their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. Uh, they've also recently uh, got a... Uh, an executive lounge at Ibrox in the main stand. Uh, apparently it's cracking, stunning, uh, stunning room, new look, all that kind of thing. If you're interested in giving that a bash, then you can find out more information via the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. If you email them, uh, that'll, that'll give you more information on that. Uh, and before I bring in uh, my two guests, uh, I have to give a, a special mention to a sort of honorary member of Jersnet. He's the cameraman with me next to our sort of post-match videos. Uh, it's my son, Connor, who got his, he, he had his debut with Camelon Juniors yesterday, so it was a big day for him. So I wasn't at Ibrox yesterday, I was at the game, I had to watch the highlights, all that kind of thing for tonight's show. So a wee special mention to him, because he's quite chuffed and we're all very proud of him. Uh, so now to bring in my guests. Uh, so it's, I'll bring in uh, the, the, the seasoned uh, guest, and Ian Duff first, how are you Ian? Elder Statesman, is that? The is Elder Statesman, I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thanks, yep. I was going to say veteran actually, but I thought I can't say that because I'm, I'm the same age as you. So exactly. that, that sounds really bad. Uh, enjoy your summer. Ah, it's been all right so far. Yeah, took uh, in a couple. I went to a couple of the uh, the women's Euros games, so that was that was quite good. Keep the football going over the the summer, but yeah, apart from that, it's been pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. Not much to say. Nothing and we've got a we've got a deputant tonight. Uh, it's, it's Craig Ray. Uh, his first his, his debut on the show. How are you, uh, Craig? I'm good, Colin. I'm feeling better today than what I did on Tuesday night, so uh, that's a positive at least. Um, really glad to be here and, and looking forward to getting started. You say that, you get 10 minutes, you know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 10 minutes, you're like, what am I doing here? Aye, so as you say, feeling a wee bit better uh, from Tuesday night. We'll, we'll get on to the command game. As I said, I, I wasn't at the game yesterday, so I've, I've had to sort of catch up on extended highlights and all that kind of a thing. Uh, Ian, I'll, I'll come to you first. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think we can say it was a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely a step up for Tuesday. Although, to be fair, that, that's a pretty low bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a, a really low bar, but, you know, definite signs that, you know, it was a, a definite uh, improvement in the performance, uh, heading in the right direction. Obviously, the bonus is there with, with Cholak getting his first goal and obviously Morello's coming on and scoring after his, his sort of injury timeout, so to speak. So, overall, you know, a, a positive day at the office. Yeah, I mean, you know, as you say, it, didn't, it wouldn't have taken much to be an improvement on, on the uh, midweek game. So, uh, you know, let's keep a, a, a bit in perspective. But, but, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, it was a bit 
stuffy the first half. It was always going to be difficult because Kilmarnock were obviously not interested in playing at all, really. I mean, that's fair enough. That's that you know they're they're there to to do them uh, what's best for them. So they just set themselves up to uh, to stop us doing anything, and it's up to us to to break. <coughs> sorry, to break them down. And uh, struggled a bit in the first half to do that, but I th- you know I think you know once the the first goal went in, well actually after the the first goal went in, we had a sort of shaky spell after that. I thought for a wee while until the second goal, but um, but it never really looked in any doubt. But you know, just there was moments there where you just thought you know we we should be doing we should be less nervy than this. We made it made it more difficult than we used to, which we, than we need to, and that you know not that surprising really because that's been the sort of story of the last 12 months really yeah I mean I, I mean I gave my seats to to my mate yesterday he took his wee boy Daniel who's about 7 or 8 so they they really enjoyed it you know, he's, he's getting right into the football at the moment and loves Rangers loves James Tavernier but I'd say to him you know keep me updated you know I was I was obviously at another game and, and I got nothing for him all day right and I was really starting to shite myself <laughs> I was looking at my watch and looking at and he messaged me later on saying, sorry, he couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi, so he couldn't get any messages out to me. So for a long period yesterday, I thought, it's not on each, it's not on each. We're going into the last five minutes and it's still not on each. So yeah, I was I was, uh, I was, was properly bricking it for a bit, I must admit. Uh, Craig, I mean, four changes for that side on Tuesday. Uh, you know, Yilmaz brought in, Stephen Davis brought in, Tom Lawrence brought in, Scott Wright returned to the start in 11. Uh, unsurprisingly, Borna out, Glenn Kamara out, Ryan Jack uh, and Matondo. So how did you think it felt? How do you think that worked the changes? I mean, I, I suppose the best place to start is is with, with Redvan. You know, I think we're all expecting a lot from a fair amount of money spent on him. Uh, how did you think he performed yesterday? Um, I thought he was okay. Um, he did look a wee bit shaky defensively, especially at the start. I think it was maybe about 20 seconds into the game. There was a long ball played up to him and then he lost it. And then Kelly were near learning. I think, oh God, that's a great start to life. I would say, but... Um, it, it, I thought he recovered well. Um, it did seem, for whatever reason, that the players didn't really want to to pass the ball to him for long periods of time, which I found a wee bit strange. Um, he's someone who's got a lot of energy. He was running up and down the left hand flight uh, flank, sorry, um, all game, and I think that's something that he's going to continue to to deliver going forward. I think in terms of energy, if you're looking at differences to Barisic, it's night and day in terms of energy. Um, you know, normally Barisic has got the crossing ability, which he seems to have lost recently. Um, but I think he done okay. Um, it was pretty decent, sixty minutes. Um, so about eighty minutes all in he's played for is he's looked energetic. He's looked kind of as we expected him to do, and um, hopefully pushes on. And I, I do hope to see him start on Tuesday as well. And it's interesting you're saying there about Bonner because that's one of the things you know you're saying he's lost his crossing ability. I I, I think that that's part. I think he's lost that. Couple of yards of paint, he, he just yeah. kind of get past the man anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it seems to me he's, he's having to, the majority of the time anyway. He's having to put in his crosses from deep and defensively. He's starting to look shaky again. You know, I think he's mm-hmm. been targeting the clubs and, and teams are, are highlighting him as a potential weak link, and he, he's starting to look shaky again. So again, I think we're all looking at at, at Yilmaz as the potential solution to that. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be good to see that we got that position nailed down because. As I said, I don't, I don't think Borner's reliable anymore. No, I've, I've got to agree with you. When it comes to Borner, I think it's quite sad because he's taken a lot of stick over his what, former big years now at Rangers. 
And I'm someone who's always stuck up for him. Um, he did have a shaky first season. His second season, I thought, nineteen twenty, the season that shut shut down, I thought he was excellent for the most part of it. I think he gets six assists in the Europa League group stage when we played Porto and final and what have you, which shows you that he does have that ability. Um, and obviously the 55 season, it was tremendous. He was one of our top performers. But again, it's like you know, one good season, one no so good season, one great season. You know, it's up and down. And Yilmaz needs to come in and perform now. He's a marquee signing. We've signed him for a lot of money. He's young. He's got potential to grow and develop. And he needs to come in and hit the ground running. And I thought he'd done reasonably well uh, yesterday for a debut. Didn't really do anything wrong. Um, and it's about sort of just slowly but surely easing him into things. And hopefully his first major test comes on, on Tuesday where we'll, we'll need him to perform just like we're going to need well all the players to perform. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing uh, is, you know, he's, it's not just that he's only played 80 minutes. He's only been with the, the, these teammates mm-hmm. for... Two weeks, if yeah. even that, you know. So, you know, it's going to take a while. You, you know, he needs to settle in. He, you know, needs to get to know his teammates. He needs to go know how what to expect from them. You know, know our system, how we play, and all that sort of stuff. And that, you know, yeah, we want him to hit the ground running. But equally, you need to say, you know, let's not throw him out straight away just because he has yeah. a couple of iffy games to start or or you know nervy games or whatever you want to call it. You know, you you know. Hopefully, he's been identified as being a player who's got the the talent that we need, and and you know I wouldn't want to suddenly all the pressure being on him at the very start because he's not necessarily setting the world alight straight away. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard my, my mate came back with my two tickets this morning, right? And uh, he was talking about someone who's sitting behind him who uh, is a bit of a moan, has to be said. I mean, he winds me up every week. Right? It's just constant negativity, even in the semi final, the Europa League semi final. Like 20 minutes in, he was moaning like, fuck. You're just like, mate, what, what exactly what do you is want? going to make you happy? What do you want here? You know I, I know. Mean? He, he, wants just, a, he wants us to win five now instead of two. Well, well, apparently yesterday, uh, there was an incident with Yilmaz and the, the ball went under his feet. You know, somebody passed it to him and it went under his feet and yeah. he had to try and retrieve it. And he sort of gave it the, if that was Borna, I would be like, I'm moaning it and blah, blah, blah. And somebody turned around and he says, aye, but, you know, Borna's been here a number of years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This boy's in the door lit for two minutes. You have to give him a chance. Uh, and I think we all have to give him a chance. You know what I mean? As, as, as Ian's pointed out, it's a new country, new club, new teammates, new environment, all that kind of a thing. He needs a bit of time to settle in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do completely agree um, with both of you there. He does need time to settle in. Um, I do think he will get time Um I know the Rangers fans are, are harsh. Um, I mean, that, that's putting things lightly. But I think because of how bad I think most of us feel that Bournemouth's performed recently, I think that if he's if he's not quite, you know, firing on all cylinders, he will get a wee bit of, you know, compassion because people will be like that. I well, we've got him, but if he's not playing, then it's Bournemouth. It's him. We're kind of like, oh, well, yeah. you know, the alternative doesn't seem, doesn't seem you know, that great at the moment. Um, but hopefully what this does do for Bournemouth as well, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be the type to, to say, oh, you know, get him off the books, this, that, and the next thing. At the end of the day, hopefully Yilmaz coming and pushes Bournemouth to to perform better, um, to train harder, to work hard. It, like, you know, I, I just think it's his, what's going wrong for him is his decision making a lot of the time. As you say, defensively poor teams are targeting him and he does seem very much like a confidence player you know he can have two or three great games like the thing that confuses me the most about Borna 
is how well he was performing during pre-season. And I mean, the goal that he scored against Blackpool, he scored with his right foot, which I never even knew existed up yeah. until that friendly in Blackpool. And it was brilliant against West Ham, Spurs chasing everything down. And then it was just like the other game, back to back to his old ways of, you know, sort of the start of, the start of this year anyway. So it was very, very confusing. But hopefully, um, with Yilmaz coming in, they can both push each other to, to perform at, at the best level that they can do, because that's what's what it's all about being at Rangers. Sorry, I mean, as a confidence player, I think we've, we've said that dozens of times on here before. And I think the fact that other teams are co- uh, targeting them puts them under a lot of pressure. And I don't think he copes with that kind of pressure yeah. very well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's it's not just confidence so much as uh, is, you know, his, his ability to cope under, under that level of pressure. And when the pressure's off him, he actually plays a bit better. I, mean, I actually thought when he came in at left back during the second half of last season, after Bassey had been playing there, and he came in, Bassey moved into the middle, and he came back in again. He was playing much better when he came back than he had been before. And I, I, I don't know if that was just because he felt maybe the pressure was off him a, a little bit, and you know, and he was able to perform a bit better. But you know, as you say, Rangers, you need to perform all, every week, you know, and you're always going to be under pressure. So, uh, you know, there, there is no hiding place really for him. I, I think like, the point that Craig makes that, you know, he performed pretty well in uh, pre-season and all that. And then at Livingston last week, he looked off it again. I think the key moment here is the first goal. Mm. And that, to me, that's what's burst his confidence again. Because the minute the ball went in the net, Okay, Suter doesn't cover himself in glory either. But, you know, Borna should be challenging for that first ball. And the minute the ball goes in the net, both Goldson and Tavernier look at Borna and give him a bit of, you know, verbals as if you should be winning that header. Or at least challenging for it, not standing 10 yards after guy. I think that's the moment his, his confidence goes again. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and and I just don't know if that's the type of player we can carry at Rangers. You know, right. you need people to be up for the fight and, and, and be able to take a bit of stick. When you think back to last season with, with someone like Bassey who made a few mistakes when he was playing at left back off, well, you know, just, through, just throughout the season. Off, though, yeah, he, he, going, had the, yeah. he had the, you know, he just said, right, okay, I've made a mistake, I'm just going to, you know, dust myself off and go on it and, and then we'd play brilliantly. So, whereas, you know, Barisic, and he's been like that right since day one, you know, that was his first season, that was the, the, the you know, he was like that then as well and, uh, and you know, just think he just doesn't have that in his character to, to be able to just sort of brush it off and, and go yeah. on with it. So, you know, that's... From 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 one uh, sort of example of a Rangers player to another, Stephen Davis, who's, the, you know, there was a lot of complaints through the, the, the close season there, Ian, about him signing another year. Uh, I mean, he's turned in another great performance yesterday. And you just run out of things to say about the guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I don't expect him to play a huge amount of football this season, given his age. Uh, you know, I think he'll be part of the squad more than starting games and all that kind of thing but you know you can't say enough about the guy you know every time he puts the jersey on and, and turns out for Rangers he puts in a great performance yeah he's very he's very rarely ever let us down or he's never let us down really you know he's, he's yeah. had good games and bad games but you know he's he's never let us down and uh, you know it, when he when he did get the new contract I thought well you know there's, if, if he's fit enough which he clearly is then it would be daft not to give him it because uh, because you know he's he's such a a strong influence and it's his influence on the other players I think as well and the yeah. younger players hopefully as well that can look at him and say you know there's a guy who's done it all he's been around for you know I don't know he's been a 
professional must be 20 years now uh, can't be far off it, yeah, yeah. And, and you know he's, he's done it all the Rangers you know on two occasions he's, he's you know uh, you know been to two uh, uh, European finals and, and you know lifted plenty of trophies won leagues etc but he's still happy and prepared to stand for up and, and play every week no, I think you know he's yeah he's and, and he's playing at a level as well. You know, as 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 long as he's fit, he'll he'll control games and especially in Scotland and and you know you know we, we do need a player that can put his foot in the ball and and, and be that sort of steady and influence sometimes. And it, it, Craig, he is a steady and influence, you know, because it, I mean something that never really gets mentioned about him is he, he never gets involved in needless stuff. You know, what I mean, he's he's no someone to go and. Like with dirty tackles, you know. I mean, has he been sent off at the end? I don't think he has. I, I can't recall him ever being sent off. No, uh, I'm actually struggling to remember him being booked. No, to I be can't fair. think of him. <laughs> to be honest, he has, he has I'm just, sure he probably has. I mean, most play, Rangers players have at some point. Uh, yeah, if uh, Kevin Clancy's getting it, do it. But aye, well, this is true. <laughs> aye, uh, but he is. Just, I, I mean, I, I would imagine that for a manager, he, he is just like the ultimate pro. You know, you ask him to do something and he does it, and. You know, I, I was a wee bit surprised at some of the reactions when, when he got that year extension last year. I was delighted that he signed on because I still think he's got plenty to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Stephen Davis epitomises everything that a Rangers player should be. He's calm, he's professional, he's respectful. Um, and, you know, he, he's a top, top class player as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like yourself, Colin. I, I don't understand the amount of moans and groans that we were getting when... Um, you know, he signed that new contract. Um, I mean, for me, any mumbles about his new contract should have went out the window after that Celtic game at Hamden, where him coming on completely changed the game, in my opinion. Him and Arfield obviously coming on at the same time, he controlled the game from there on in. Um, we get the equaliser and then he just dominates everybody for an extra time. And the guy's what 37 or something like that, I don't know exactly. Um, you know, he's playing against the likes of, you know, three young, you know, talented Celtic midfielders who are really should be running rings all over him at his age. And he's just the guy can play with slippers on. He's yeah. he's an unbelievable football player. And He's done it, as you say, he's done it all, not just at Rangers, down in the Premier League. I mean, yeah. he captained a really, really good Southampton team who have went on to, you know, I think if you put that Southampton team, to, uh, team back together, you know, I think they would probably get in the top four. And he was a captain of it. He captained them to a, a final at Wembley. Obviously, he's the most capped, you know, British player yeah. of all time. You know, the guy's done it all. He's, he's the most, and he's humble as well, you know, um, as I say, he epitomises everything the Rangers player should be. And I just hope that once his time finally is up, um, that he can stay in whatever capacity. For me, I, I genuinely think that in you know, 20, 30 years' time, if he wants to do it, I think he could become the Rangers manager. And that, like, I mean, I would love that. That would be a dream in like 20, 30 years' time. But that's maybe looking a wee bit too far in the future. But <laughs> I just, I think, I think he's brilliant. And, you know, delighted that he got his new contract and you know hopefully we do see a lot more of him this season than, than I think we're expecting Ian uh, in, in terms of the first half yesterday uh, you know as I said my phone wasn't going I was starting to panic a wee bit you know I wasn't getting updates telling me that, that, that we'd scored and even although it wasn't quite as bad as you know the, the, the game last week against USG it, it felt kind of similar you know 
lots of possession, not doing a huge amount with it. And and it probably felt for a long period that we, were, we could be in for another long afternoon. Is, is that something you're worried about? That, you know, we're, we're, we're three games in and this trend is sort of, it's been there in all three games, even although yesterday was a better performance overall. There were still long periods of the game where we're, we're dominating possession, long periods with the ball, but still struggling to break Kilmarnock down. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, there's a lot of, I suppose, uh, predictable because he's a new signing, but Cholak's been getting a lot of stick uh, and been sort of pointed at as being the, the reason for, for our struggling. I honestly think we haven't just we just haven't been creating enough chances, and you know that's that's sort of a bit more of a worry really in some ways because you know uh, in the past when we've struggled to beat teams, we've we've had you know dozens of chances and just not taking them, and and that in itself is one kind of frustrating. But if you're not creating chances at all, despite having all the possession, then you know that that's even worse in some ways. So um, yeah, I think you know I'm putting it down to the fact that we're We've got a front line that is basically more or less new, I suppose, this season. So maybe they're just finding their feet and we're, we're just getting going. And, and you know, after the, the sort of the, the end of last season, it's maybe just taking a little bit of time to, to get things back up and running again. I don't know. Um, you know, I think we've always struggled to, to break down teams that just want to uh, uh, sort of block us out and, and stop us from playing. So uh, we need to find a way around that. And if, you know, that that's, I think, I think that is the, the frustrating thing is that this isn't something that's necessarily uh, news, you know, that, that we're, we're always aware that, that these teams are set up in that particular way. Um, and, you know, we need to find ways to get around it and, and work it instead of just being predictable. Craig, is, is any of this, as Ian's pointed out there, you know, Cholak has been getting a bit of stick I think unfairly, I would tend to yeah. agree with you and say that, that we should be looking at the service he's getting, which hasn't been great. Uh, a lot of aimless balls coming in from, from Kent and Scott Wright last week. But is there also maybe a wee worry about the, the, the midfield three? And I, I, I was reading an article in Athletic earlier in the week there and, and it was, I think it was Jordan Campbell had mentioned that there's a feeling that Rangers have too many midfielders that are similar. Guys that receive the ball and move it on, receive it and move it on. Not a, a huge amount of people in there that will go beyond and, you know, cause a, a back four problems. Is that maybe part of the issue? I think it can be, yeah. I mean, you're talking about people running behind Scott. I feel would be the perfect example of someone that, that can do that and he's proved already this season against Livy that, that he's, you know, very capable of doing that and, and scoring from it. I think the problem with that is, you, know, when you look at Scott Arfield's age, he's got a one-year extension. We can't be relying on guys like him to do that constantly. I think Tillman and Lawrence looked very good um, on Saturday. Um, I thought Tillman in particular, I thought he, some great, great touches. And he's a big he's a big guy as well. Like You know, you think the type of player that he is, sort of creative player, um, that he's going to be quite weak. He's quite tall. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's quite built. And... His, his movement's really, really good. Um, so having Lawrence are going to be key moving forward, and I think you've seen that um, on Saturday. I think Lawrence, you know, at the end of the day, it was his number, his assist for the, the first goal. Um, Cholak takes it really well. It's weird we're talking about, like, the, the chances that we're maybe not creating. 
some people would look to the the sort of con- conversely of that and say that you know maybe it's a good thing that once we are getting chances, we're actually taking them. Because I'm I'm looking back on it on Saturday, we had four shots on target. Two of them were sort of long range speculative ones from Scott Wright that never troubled the goalkeeper, and the other two were the goals, and they were the two clear cut chances that we had. So we are going to need to create more chances, but at the same time. If you're creating a small amount of chances and you're clinical with them, that is also a good thing. But I think for me, it's about finding the right balance. We need to be creating more chances. Tillman and Lawrence have just came in. Um, I think they've started pretty well. Um, and I think they're only going to continue to do that. Um, and, you know, it'll be good to have Morelos back. I mean, we'll obviously move on to it later um, <laughs> and get him fully back up to, to speed. I agree with you as well, just last on Cholak and, the, you know, some of the criticism, I think it has been unwarranted. At the end of the day, we know what kind of striker he is. We know he's not a perfect like for like for Morelos. The guy's a classic number nine, a poacher who needs service. And at the end of the day, if you don't give him the service, he's not going to score goals. Um, but I would say last week against Livingston, had one chance, he scored. Obviously, it was ruled out unfairly. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I had one chance and he scored. So if that goal counts last week, the guys played two league games and he scored two goals. Can't really ask for much more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the other end of the park, Ian, uh, a wee mix-up with McLaughlin uh, playing the ball out from his feet, which is something I think most people feel he's stronger at compared to McGregor. And I, I mean, it, it didn't lead to anything, but it, you know, it caused a wee fright and it could have led to... Kilmarnock scoring and given the error on, on Tuesday it just feels like you know I noticed it on Tuesday night you know you're scrolling through Twitter and the minute he conceded that goal it was like McGregor would have saved that McGregor would have saved that you know just Twitter was just full of that and it just mm. kind of feels like that's how it's going to be you know what I mean if every mistake he makes we're, we're just instantly going to make the comparison with McGregor but one thing I will say, I, I don't want to go down that road of, you know, I think Gio's made his choice and we, we need to go with it and I think it's the right choice, uh, to, to be fair. But he has looked to be a bit nervy this season compared to, to previous seasons. Is, is that a bit of concern for you? I, yeah, I mean, I personally don't think he should be the number one, but then again, I don't think McGregor should be either. I think we should have gone out and got a new goalkeeper for this, for this season. I think having a, a strong, reliable goalkeeper should be the... the you know the first thing that we we do in in terms of building a team, and uh, I don't think either of them at this stage of their careers are what we need. Um, both of them have got their, you know, McGregor is obviously a brilliant shot stopper, and and you know, pr- you know, has saved us so many times in the last couple of seasons. Uh, it's unreal, and uh, but he makes mistakes. He made more mistakes last season, and I do think he's got that age now where he's, you know, he's more prone to making mistakes. And McLaughlin, I just don't think he's as good a goalkeeper. That's you know at the end of the day, and that's not necessarily a criticism of him because McGregor was a brilliant goalkeeper. Just don't think he's up to that standard, and I think we need somebody who's better than that. I did think after that mix-up uh, yesterday, which you know it was one, just one of these things, but for about five minutes afterwards, there was a f- I did kind of feel it was you know. Uh, that nervousness sort of spread throughout the whole defence. So but that was our worst period of the game. Really, it was was it was that time just after that? I think, and and there just seemed to be a sort of general. Every time the ball went back, you were just a bit sort of you know heart and mouth kind of moment, and and uh, that seemed to spread throughout the team just for a while. It, 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 you know, it passed 
quickly, relatively quickly anyway. And uh, and you know there, there was no major uh, problem came of it in the end. But yeah, I, I, I do think I think I think we should have been maybe looking for a for another keeper uh, as a as our number one. The risk of that is is if you know you sign go out and sign somebody and they have a, a couple of howlers at the start, then then you're 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 in even worse situation. McGregor would have saved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Craig McGregor, McLaughlin, or should we have been in the, the market in the summer for a new keeper? I think it's wishful thinking that we can think we can go into the market for another player, but I think the type of operation that we run as a club. Um, it just wasn't feasible. I think Alan McGregor, if you're going to replace somebody like Alan McGregor, you're probably looking at having to spend five million quid plus on a new goalkeeper, I think. Um, and unfortunately, we're now at a stage at the club where we can really only bring in players if we sell players now. Granted, we have made a lot of money this summer. And in January, with players sealed, we've all had, obviously had a run to the Europa League final. But I think, you know, We've still had a lot of sort of debt to be paid back to directors who have, you know, they've, they've overcommitted in terms of finance the last few years to try and get us to the point where we are now. And we're now at a point financially where, you know, we need to be sustainable and self-sustainable moving forward. So I think in terms of priorities, I think Gio probably went, you know, we need attacking players more than a goalkeeper because you've got guys there like McLaughlin and McGregor who will do. I don't think... I don't think any of them are going to be a disaster this season but at the same time I don't think it's the best that we can do and I think next summer will be the time where we look to recruit a, a good keeper you know five million plus and make a, a marquee side in there so you know it would be nice to do it but I just don't think the way that we that we are run basically I just don't think that there was any chance of that happening Ian uh Cholak's goal, as we've said, he's had a lot of criticism. Uh, although you know he, he did score last week, it was it was wrongly ruled out. Uh, bit of a mistake from Kelly to put us through, but nice we won two with Tom Lawrence, I think it was, and he took it well. And uh, and it, I think it was, you know, it's good obviously because we needed the goal to go one man up. But you also felt it was good for him because there there was the doubt starting to kick in, especially after Tuesday and the comments and you know they've been written off in the media and all that kind of thing. So that just sort of, one, gave us a lead, which we desperately needed, and two, hopefully settles him down and, you know, and gets him up and running now. Because I'm looking at him thinking, I mean, obviously Morelos will still be the main man, I think, but I'm looking at Cholak thinking 15 to 20 goals this season. That's what, that's what I'm expecting from him, you know. So good day got off the mark and, and hopefully it's the, the first of many. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about strikers, isn't it? I mean, the, the, I'm talking about confidence players. You know, the strikers thrive on scoring goals, basically. So they don't care whether it's a tap tap in at the back post yeah. or if it's a forty yard uh, thunderbolt. You know, the, the, if it goes in and it comes off them last, then uh, then they're claiming it and they're you know it help it'll boost their confidence for the next time. So you know, obviously, the more the more he scores, the better. And you know, you know, I, I think you know. I think a part of what maybe he wasn't the right uh, player for that game on Tuesday night in terms of uh, his style of play, um, because what we're used to or what what we've built a team around is uh, is the way that uh, Morelos plays in these games, and he's clearly not a Morelos style player. So it was always going to be a risk. We didn't have any choice, obviously, but to play him. I think. Uh, in, in Tuesday because it was well, basically we've got nobody else uh, that can, could play that uh, up front so 
you know, it was maybe unfair the the criticism. Well, it was unfair the criticism he was getting. It was maybe unfair that he was in that position in the first place. But unfortunately, he was in that position in the first place. But he's. Uh, I think. I think he'll be a decent player. I think he'll he'll score goals. He'll he'll, he'll get chances once we start start firing in all cylinders. Hopefully, then then more chances will be created, and the more chances that are created, I think he's got the ability to to take those chances. So. Yeah, I mean it's good, you know, getting off the mark. You know, as I say, strikers thrive in that, and you know, Morelos as well will, will no doubt be uh, absolutely delighted as well that he he has uh, name on the score sheet as well. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm just about to come on to that, Craig. Uh, you know, we saw Morelos uh, a wee bit more of him than we've seen previously uh, when he came on the part. It, it, you know, he certainly looks like he's put on a few pounds and has a ridiculous blonde hairdo now, but. Also good to see him get minutes on the park. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt we missed him towards the end of last season, eh, especially in that Europa League final. You know, I, I think no striker, no natural. I know Arrigo got the goal and all the rest of it, but I genuinely think no natural striker killed us in that game. It, it, it was such a hard shift for them without having a, a natural striker. And you saw the sort of problems that, that Ruth caused, even the two or three minutes that, that he came on for. Eh, so good to see him back, Morelos. You know, even though he, he looks a bit. Heavier, they obviously need to, to put some work in the, the training ground. I think he'll need to have a word with his barber as well because that blonde do is a shocker. Uh, but you know he's got his goal and a, a good time when you consider the game that's coming up on Tuesday. No, absolutely. It's funny because I, I was lucky enough to be in the, the press box yesterday with um, with follow follow, and I was sitting next to David Edgar from Heart and Hand, and after he scored, David turned around and said to me, oh, "It's good to have the wee man back into it." And I went, "The wee man? He's in the stadium." <laughs> Right. Like that, Jesus Christ, he's huge. But then again, I can't really say anything, but that's besides the point. But uh, no, it's, it's brilliant to have him back. Um, I completely agree with you. I think if we had a striker um, in the Europa League final, I think we would have won it. Um, the manager's now got a dilemma going into Tuesday. A wee bit of one. Do you start Cholak? Do you start Morelos? I think Morelos has probably been, I don't want to say rush back because that sounds a bit dramatic, but I think his return has been put forward by maybe a week or so because of you know the ridiculous result on Tuesday because yeah. we're going to need him on Tuesday at some point whether that's first 60 minutes or extra time or whatever we're going to need him at some point on Tuesday um, so it's great to have him back um, you know great it was a good goal he took it well T- to be honest I thought he played really well I mean it was like any time his movement was there he had a wee half chance as well where he just put it wide. I thought, yeah. I thought he looked really good and quite sharp considering obviously the size of him. But um, it is, it's great to have him back um, and, you know, fingers crossed that he does sign this extension. I don't know how much of an impact us qualifying or not qualifying for the Champions League may or may not have on him signing a contract. You just need to hope that regardless of what happens on Tuesday and going forward, if we get through that, that he signs it anyway and hopefully he's here to stay for, for the long haul. Well, I mean, he's, he's 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 sort of following in McCoy's footsteps with the hair, you know, with the blonde hair and stuff like that. But he's also following in his footsteps in that, you know, he comes back three stone heavier every time they're out injured, you know. So, uh, I will see we'll see what happens. Uh, Ian Tillman's a, a player I want to talk about because I think, in my opinion anyway, of all the sort of players that have come in over the summer there, he's the one that's maybe looked the best so far and another really tidy performance from him yesterday. And if he continues in this vein, it looks like it could be, a, 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 you know, a good sign. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he's obviously got the ability. That's you know, no doubt about it. 
whether he, you know, it's all with, with, with players, they can have the ability, it's whether or not they, they fit into the team and whether the, the players around them are on the same wavelength as well. Sometimes that's that can be an issue and that will maybe take a little bit of time to, to work through. But I mean, clearly, you know, he's clearly, you know, got the, the you know, he's got the, the touch, he's got the, the movement and uh, and look, looks like a real, a real player. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll... Uh, uh, have the the players around him. I think you know him. I'm excited with the the thought of him working with Morelos up front because I think the, you know the two of them could really hit it off together in in terms of the way they play. So yeah, you know, so far so good with him. I mean, you know, talking about players hitting the ground running, you know, he's he's he more or less has. You know, he's he's looked yeah. he's looked impressive and looked looked promising. Yeah, and it was certainly the difference last week, Craig, when he came on against Livingston. And I think, you know, that everything about him so far makes you think that, you know, with previous players, there's been high hopes, you know, like say Ramsey and stuff like that. And you know there's a player there, but for one reason or another, it doesn't quite happen. But the early indications with Tillman is it looks like we're going to get a, a, you know, a good shift out of him. No, absolutely. I thought, as I said earlier, I think he, he looked great yesterday. Um, some of his touches are incredible um, and as I say you know he, he's a good size he's very very athletic you know he's trained with and played with Bayern Munich who are obviously you know one of the best teams in the world one of the best youth systems in the world um, and he's an international player as well for the USA um, and you know hopefully he can go to the World Cup and, and perform well as well but the two things I like about him first of all is his versatility um, the fact that he can play out wide, he can play up front, he can play as a 10. Um, he's very, very creative. And I think, you know, kind of similar to Cholak, I think once he gets his first goal, maybe maybe even an assist um, instead of a goal because midfielders seem to thrive off them nowadays as well. I think that, you know, this guy could be really, really, really good for us. And I, I think he's a special talent. And the second thing I like about him is the release clause that we've got on him. Um, or should I say the the buy the buy option, which I think is very very important. I think at Rangers, I'm not comfortable with us being a club that develops other teams' players. You know that's why, obviously, we keep here. You know it'll be till the end of time. Billy Gilmore back to Rangers every single transfer yeah, window. Yeah, you're yeah. going to hear it, and I don't have any objections to that. But the problem that I would have with it if he's coming in and loan, so you're developing a player that will either go in the Chelsea first team or that Chelsea will then sell on to someone else for, you know. A big huge amount of money, yeah. yeah, that we won't be able to afford. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm glad that we've got that that buy option there on him, and hopefully, he can he can do the business for us this season. And I'm very confident they will. I, I did not notice the other day there was a story that Billy Gilmore's though been given a squad number at Chelsea, so it would appear uh, that he's going somewhere on loan this year. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see if it's if he's coming back up the road. Right, guys. Final sort of point on uh, yesterday's game in. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week, especially from Tuesday, uh, after that sort of really, really poor performance in Belgium. You know, all this talk about how wonderful Celtic are and how really poor Rangers are, how dynamic, how many goals Celtic score. And, you know, they've got so many options and Rangers just look laboured and, you know, they're plodding about. You know, we're sitting second. There's only one goal separates the teams. uh, And we're only two games in. So despite all the negativity, and there's been a fair amount of it especially as I said since Tuesday but actually only a goal away from them you know there's not a huge amount of difference between the two teams 
Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous to, to make any kind of judgments at this early stage of the season. On Either way, you know, I mean, you know, just the same as, you know, it's ridiculous for people to say that uh, one team's uh, brilliant uh, two games into the season, you know. We've got a long way to go. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously you want to get off to as good a start as possible, but we got off to a good start last season. It didn't really help as much. And, and uh, well, no, it wasn't so much a good start that Celtic just got off to a bad start. It just wasn't as shit as But it didn't really help us in the long term. So, you know, you know, come back in, you know, eight or nine games, we'll see how things are looking then. But, you know, uh, you know, it's, you know, highly... I, once again, it's hardly anything new, is it? I mean, you know, this this is uh, Celtic are always brilliant and play amazingly brilliant football, and and we're always the, the plodders. So, you know, I'm I'm quite happy with that as long as we're still winning. As I said before, if we win every game one 0 then we win the league. I'm quite happy. Yeah, Craig. I mean, I, I suppose as Ian says, we have sort of, I suppose, got to get used to it because it has sort of felt like that narrative even before Ange Ball arrived. You know. But since he's arrived, it's, it seems to have got worse. You know, there's, there's a, as I say, there's all this talk about how wonderful they are. And, I was, and when I was looking at the league table today, I was like, oh, for a shit week, we're actually in a pretty decent position. No, we are. Um, I mean, the thing that I don't get with the whole, oh, Rangers have made a bad start to the season, Celtic have made a great start. We've had the toughest start out of both teams. Love it away for both Rangers and Celtic. It's a hellhole. The pitch is ridiculous. Neither Rangers or Celtic like going there. It's one of the, the most difficult away traps that you can get in, in the league. And then we've got Kilmarnock. Okay, by, by the way, Levy beat Dungeon United today, did they not? Well, they did. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just wondering if David Martindale is going to appear on a, a Dundee United podcast tomorrow <laughs> and get, I might get more conspiracy theories about that. But, yeah. um, no, I mean, it's, you know, and then Kilmarnock at home. Derek McInnes, Kilmarnock are always tough. Derek McInnes, um, I mean, come on, that's a tough game. Celtic start, are they not home? You know, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah know we all know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then <laughs> Ross County away, I mean, I know we slept up there last season, but Ross County away should always be three points for Rangers and Celtic. And, you know, there might be one or two games out of ten where you don't quite do it, but we've had a tougher start. We've, we've played more games, we're going to have to play more games. And if you remember as well, they done a lot of their business early. We had to let players go first before we could do our business. And we did then do it quite quickly. Um, and we've got a lot of new players settling in as well. So, you know, as you say, it's one goal. It's two games and it's a long season. I mean, if we're getting us after two games, what's it going to be like in May? I yeah. mean, I think I think it will go down to the wire this year. I think the last couple of games, it's... I know people said last year was going to be tight. It wasn't really, let's face it. Um, but I think this season is going to be the most exciting title race, um, certainly in the last decade. Um, and just hope we're ready for it. Don't say that, Craig. I'm, I'm of an age where I don't think my heart could take it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm much more yeah. up for uh, twi- <laughs> winning the league in uh, March. I'll take winning it in March. That's much more mass. Yeah, I quite liked that, Ian. I must admit. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was nerve wracking about November, and then after that, it's easy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Aye, the Mother, the Motherwell game, and then after that, you're like, aye, aye, that's as well. One, it's a nice Aye, aye. So I, uh, I, I agree, Craig. I do think it's going to be quite tight this season. But uh, I stress, I don't think uh, my my tickers are a, a good place to take it. Uh, right, guys, moving on. Uh, although we'll, we'll continue with yesterday and, and but another game, the Celtic games up at Dingwall. 
Uh, I noticed a piece, and I think it was in the Scotsman today, by Andrew Smith, who used to be the editor of the Celtic View, so fair play to him, you know, for highlighting this. But he was talking about, you know, audible chants from the Celtic fans, this song that they've, they've got now, Mocking the Deaths of David Cooper, Walter Smith, Jenny Bell and Andy Gorham. Uh, now, as I said, fair play to Andrew Smith for, for raising it, you know, because he's obviously very Celtic-minded. He's, he's wrote some stuff in the past that I definitely don't agree with. And I'm not coming this from a sort of moral superiority sort of way because, you know, as we know, we have had our own issues with, with certain songs and uh, with the supporters and stuff like that. But what I do find interesting is the, the fact that this, I mean, it's a pretty horrific song, let's, let's face it, it's pretty grim. There's been nothing from the usual sort of moral crusaders who, you know, I'm thinking the likes of Spears and Michael Stewart, all that kind of thing. I mean, I believe, uh, Craig, that Michael Stewart, after Rangers had that, the Rangers fans had that wee spark with uh, Steve Clark when he was the Kilmarnock manager. You know, Stewart was on Twitter every day saying strict liability, you know, clubs should be held responsible for supporters' behaviour or that kind of thing. And yet all these people are strangely quiet now. Well, it is very strange, isn't it? How it, it seems to be when, when Rangers fans do something that's bad and controversial. Um, Michael Stewart's all over it like a rash. But if it's Celtic fans or another group of supporters, you know, Hibs or Aberdeen, you know, they've they've been known to sing quite crude songs in the past as well. Hibs uh, uh, fans were on the part today as well when they, when they, they scored that equaliser. I think it took quite a while to get them off. Like, well, exactly. I think that just shows the size of the club, but I mean, fair enough. Um, but as, as you say, it's the usual suspects. I mean, the thing with guys like, you know, Michael Stewart and Graeme Spears is they thrive off attention. Um, and I kind of feel bad, you know, because in a way we are giving them it. But at the end of the day, they do need to be called out. I mean, I'm the type of person you can you can say anything to me. I don't really care. But the thing that I do care about is, you know, hypocrisy. And I think that, you know, is a constant theme throughout people like this. And also as well, the chants aren't aimed at me. So, you know, it's not me that, that would be offended by it. It's the families and the and the friends of, of those people who are sadly no longer with us. And the thing that I really don't understand about it as well is why are you filming it? I mean, why are you stupid enough to film it? Um, if you're going to say disgusting stuff like that, you know, at least do it in like a private setting where, you know, no one can hear you. It's only between a couple of people. I mean, it just shows the stupidity of some people that... Yeah. They'll go and film it, and then they'll they'll put it online because they think it's funny. And I mean, it's not even funny, you know. Like you can't even put any words where it is. So you know, as you say, it's the usual suspects. We won't hear anything about it. But fair play, as I say, the Scotsman for you know for actually reporting on it. What I think would be quite interesting is if you know Celtic are going to take action. Um, I think one good thing about Rangers certainly the last couple of years. Um, any time there's been a controversial incident with fans when they've done something unsavoury, it's been dealt with very, very quickly. But at the same time, that's still not good enough for the likes of yeah. Michael Stewart and Graham Spears. They want Rangers as a whole to be punished. It's like, what, what more do you want the club to do? So it'll be interesting to see if Celtic do anything. I don't think they will, but there you go. It's just just something that we've got to deal with, I'm afraid. Ian, the... <sighs> You know, I mean, speaking speaking of Dingwall, you know, there was an incident, I think it was last season, where a range of supporters bust, supporters filmed themselves, you know, and I think it was an inappropriate song about a Celtic player. You know, the supporters bus took action. I think the guy that ran that bus left the bus and, you know, 
fans were banned and all this kind of thing. As Craig says, you know, there has been action taken. So, it's, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not coming at this from a, you know, offended or sort of, you know, moral superior sort of view. Because as I said, we have had incidents in the past. But surely it's consistency of debate that you're looking for here. You know, you're looking for consistency in terms of reporting. And that's that, that's why these guys aren't taken seriously. I think. That's why Rangers supporters get so pissed off because it always seems to be one-way traffic. If the Rangers supporters indulge in anything, then these Twitter accounts get active and the column inches and, and Graham Spears' uh, column in the Times, you know, that's that's all he talks about. And now all he's talking about is his, his show at the Fringe and Michael Schurz saying very little. And, and it's just so frustrating because there's no consistency there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this has been a narrative for the last ten years, maybe even longer. You know, the the you know it's one rule for one, one one rule for the other, and you know, I've always got to the point where I you know I, I don't care what Graham Spears or uh, Michael Stewart or any of the other sort of wannabes uh, say about any of these things. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you know, if they were legitimately concerned about these issues, then they would be equally condemning the fans from not just two clubs but all clubs you know yeah. uh, you know it's you know there's uh, I've heard worse from uh, Aberdeen fans than I have from Celtic fans over the years uh, at times so you know but there's little or no condemnation of that I've, I've, I don't think I've ever heard any condemnation of that in fact usually it's just denial if it ever takes place and you know so yeah I mean but like Craig says to some extent the fact that we are talking about it now, it not only does it uh, not only does it uh, feed into what these guys are, are, are these uh, pundits or the stance they take that encourages them because they they love being talked about, um, but also it, that's exactly why these arseholes basically are singing these songs because they want to wind people up. They know that if they get a reaction. Uh, then that's it. They don't. They don't really care. In fact, they, to be honest, they don't care whether they get condemned or not. But you know, in fact, they probably quite enjoy the fact that they do. Uh, same as any football fan or from any club does. That's there just seems to be an element within uh, football supporters at the moment, and it's probably always been the case where they, they, you know, they just want to push it, and and you know, they get a kick out of uh, people being angry at them, and, and they enjoy that. So, to some extent. You know, can't ignore it, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know. So it's, it's, it's yeah, a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It is. I, I, see, like, see when you said assholes, I thought you were talking about Michael Stewart and Graham Spears. But heaven forbid! Oh man, God, Christ! I would never suggest such a my mistake. Anyway, right, guys. Before we move on, I'll mention our other supporters or other sponsors at Zenith Coins who produce the official Rangers Club coin collection. Uh, each gold-plated coin has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim and comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity. Uh, some famous fans or owners of these collections including Alan McCoy, Derek Johnson, Marvin Andrews, Tom Solomon and Gordon Ramsay. Uh, they've also produced a 150th anniversary collection. There's only 1,872 of these worldwide. Uh, and they will be released in small batches. They, they celebrate five iconic milestones in Rangers history, uh, including the Founding Fathers, Ibrook Stadium, the 1972 Cup Winners' Cup win in Barcelona, nine in a row, and the 55th, 55th easy for me to say, league title. Uh, if you're 
interested in that, get yourself onto the website at www.zenithcoins.com. Uh, right, guys, uh, moving on to Tuesday night. <coughs> Excuse me, terrible cough here. Uh, Craig, I'll come to you first on this. You know, I mean, it's, it is a huge game, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I'm speaking to my mate yesterday, and I was, I was the one thing about these Champions League qualifiers, and I've, I've felt this for 20 years since AK Athens and, and all that kind of thing. Oh, is that 30 years? Oh, Christ, that is that's 30 years. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> <laughs> suddenly felt really old there. Uh, right, so, aye. Uh, the, the fact that they come so early in the season, I think has always been a problem for, for not just for Rangers, but for, for Scottish football clubs. Because we always seem to get clubs whose seasons are, you know, they're, they're up four or five games. Or they just always seem to be that wee bit ahead of us. And it's, it just feels like a banana skin waiting to happen. Uh, obviously, a terrible result last week. A lot to do. It'll need to be a history-making performance because we've never overturned a 2-0 first-leg defeat in Europe. Uh, a lot to do to dig themselves out of the hole that we've put ourselves in last week, you know, but not impossible. It's not impossible, no, and I do feel a lot more confident going into the game on Tuesday now than I did last week. I mean, I think we all last week were just shocked by how bad we were. Um you know, and I think, you know, it was a scattergun approach where everybody's at fault, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we've had nearly a week now to think about it. We've had the game yesterday. I think if we can get Kent back, hopefully he can be back. I don't I don't really know what's happening with him. Um, but Gio was saying that he, he just missed out yesterday. So that would hopefully tell you that he should be okay to play some part on Tuesday. Um, but we need to get at them from the off. Um, we need to to try and get an early goal. The one thing that I would try and, and say is that if we don't get an early goal, I really hope that the crowd don't get on on the players' backs. I'm saying I hope they don't. They probably will because it's Rangers fans. Um, but I think the best thing that we can do is is not panic. Um, I think you know. I mean, look at yesterday as an example. You know, a lot of fans would have been panicking in the first half. I mean, you're panicking, no getting a text for, for 45 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, fans would have been panicking in the first half, but we're patient. The second half starts, we get the early goal, um, and then we get a second one later on. Um, you know, we all want an early goal, and I think if we do get an early goal, I think we can really go in and maybe even win the game and build the tie, sorry, in, in normal time. But, you know, I think if we can get it to extra time, don't panic. I think we'll be. I think we'll be okay. But you know, we need to be prepared for a really tough game. I mean, to be honest, I don't think uh, USG are the best side. I just think that they, you know, they wanted it more last week, and we were just that bad. Um, so I think if we're up for it, if we play to our best, and we go out and we're confident, I think. You know, there's no reason why we can't do it. We're beating much better teams by the same or if not more goals. So we need to be at it. We need to be on them and hopefully we can get the job done. I think the one one or one of the things that are in our favour is the fact that we don't have the away goals rule anymore. Because yeah. that is the thing that kills us or used to kill us. You know, you know, we we would struggle to score and then the other team we got the other end and you know put the ball in the back of the net and you know Ibrox would be just dead and that would be it and, and that yeah. was it. the game was over at that point because we knew there was no coming back even now if they score and let's hope they don't first anyway or if they score at any point it doesn't necessarily 
change the game in a massive way other than the fact that we need to score one more goal. Yeah. Whereas before, we would have had to score two goals and it would always be that concern that we we're going to concede again. And, you know, so that that is that's a one thing in our, our favour. And I think, you know, if you look at last season, if if this if we were getting into this game at, to, in the second half of last season, in the same result, in the same position, I would have been confident they would have would have gone through. I would have, you know, we would have done it. We would have scored early, an early goal, and we would have uh, would have won the game. And uh, I think if we can get to those levels again, which is a, bit, a big ask because you know it's we're not at the same level of momentum as we did last season. But you know, I think I think in a one-off game we have the ability. If the crowd get behind the players and the, the, we get an early, a good early start, then you know. We could be level in 15 minutes, you know, quite easily. And then the game's, you know, it's, it's a whole different game and we can calm down a bit and, and just look for that, that winning goal. So I, I, I'm surprisingly confident. confident. You know, I, I, maybe I misplaced confidence, but I do feel <laughs> that, you know, I think if Morelos plays a part, if he's I, I, personally, if, if he was fit enough, I would, I would play him from the start, but I suspect the uh, Gio won't, but I, I think I, I would, I think everything that would give us, uh, it would be worth taking the risk on him. But, um, but, you know, I think if he plays a part and if uh, everyone else turns up, if Kent plays, because I think he was a big miss in that game, then, you know, I, 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 I stupidly, but I, I do, I'm quite confident or, or relatively confident about getting to that game. Well, I mean, there is there is evidence, you know. I mean, USC lost three 0 yesterday. Uh, they've, they've played three games in the league, uh, won one, lost one, drawn one. So, that, I mean, they're not in a huge uh, amount of great form at the moment, you know. I, I, I genuinely do think part of what happened last week is we were just so fucking yeah. bad. It, it really was the yeah. worst performance. To, to be honest, I think some some of the stuff that's been said about that game is probably way over the top I mean in, ter- in terms of the opposition I mean we were absolutely awful there's no doubt about that absolutely terrible and made them look better than they were but you know, we're talking about a team that nearly won the Belgian league last season now. Yeah, yeah. I know the Belgian league's not you know but it's as good if not better than the, the SPFL and in terms of you know the, the ability of the players we're signing players from Belgian teams so you know we <laughs> Some of the stuff that's been said, you know, is the, this is the, the the worst performance in Rangers European history. Or the, no, sorry, that's not fair. Uh, arguably, is the worst performance. But some people will say it was the worst result in Rangers European history, which is absolute nonsense. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we lost two 0 to a team from from Belgium. I mean, that's you know that that happens <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we haven't even the, the results not even over yet. You know, the, we're only halfway through the game, so I, I think you know some of this stuff that's been said <laughs> over the top. It was more about the, the fact that performance was so bad. That, uh, that has made it seem even worse, and that you know that's that's not you know that's not necessarily a good thing. But you know, I think if we if we up our performance levels, then you know, I, I think we're, we're more than capable of going through. Craig, you know, Ryan Kent probably will be back. I, I, I think he's fit. I, I just think Gio spared him yesterday. You know, obviously Morelos yesterday as well. You know, if we get an early goal, you know, get the crowd on side, all of a sudden it's game on. No, absolutely. Um, as I said, but earlier, I think we we need to be careful not to get caught in the trap of, oh, you know, early goal, early goal, early goal, because you're not guaranteed an early goal. I mean, a goal's the easiest thing you do in football, but it's also the most difficult um, at the same time. Um, you know, you can score two goals in two minutes at any point in the game. Um, 
So we need to be calm, we need to be patient. We want to make a fast start. I think, you know, at the very least, if we don't score maybe in the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, if we look like, well, we're going to score and we can create one or two decent chances, then I think that will certainly give me the confidence going forward that, you know, we can do it. But I think if we start slow, turgid, um, you know, we could be in for a long night, but I, I don't see that happening. I think the performance on Tuesday is going to be going to be okay. It's going to be good. I think the the mentality is going to be there. It's just a case of, you know, whether we can get over the line and, and let's hope that we can. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Uh, before we go, I'll, I'll mention our, our final partners at Football Prizes uh, who are offering you the chance to win a, a Rangers 21-22 signed and custom frame shirt. Uh, £3.95. All the details are on their website. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how many tickets are left, but if you go to www.footballprizes.co.uk, you'll find all the details there. Uh, right, guys, a big thanks to Ian and, and to Craig, uh, an impressive debut there from. Uh, big thanks to them for our stuff tonight. Great stuff as always. We were live tonight on the Sunday night, uh, but the show will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify all your usual places uh, we'll have a preview show out next Friday for the St Johnson game at Ibrox on Saturday and obviously we'll have the flagship show next week uh, and in the meantime get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk guys thanks for watching before I go a, a good luck to everyone who's waiting on the results I think they come out on Tuesday the 9th of August uh, my son's one of them so good luck to him and everybody else apart from all the Tims obviously hope they all fail that's just the way it is isn't it you know what I mean uh, right, guys, so we'll be back next Friday uh, and next Sunday. And until then, bye for now.